Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and uh, we had a wonderful guest. Uh, hard to believe it. It's been almost three years ago, Elizabeth Stone. She is a pastor and author. She conducts workshops, speaks at women's retreats, and we had her on uh, almost three years ago talking about a book that her daughter Erin and Elizabeth wrote called Valley of the Shadow, and that was their personal experience uh, as Erin as a teenager uh, just got kind of discouraged and hopeless one day and attempted suicide, but thankfully uh, this one had a happy ending. She did survive it, and uh, they have developed a ministry working, uh, just sharing their experience and how they can help others. And uh, I want to thank you, Elizabeth, for coming back. We had great feedback three years ago, and this is a topic that uh, we need to keep talking about because uh, we both believe in what uh, John 10.10, what Jesus warned us about the enemy, don't we? Absolutely, and I am so grateful to have the opportunity to come back. Um, I think that one of the biggest problems that the church faces today is the silence on the subject of suicide and mental illness. Uh, People traditionally have not wanted to talk about it. It's been taboo in religious circles. And we all know uh, that when Jesus was working with people, particularly the Gerasene demoniac, he said, what is your name? And we have to name something before we can identify it and start to pray against it and start to uh, work against it in a way that is godly, that is spiritual, and that keeps us centered on Christ. Well, I think, you know, we talked about John 10, 10. We were here three years ago. Both of us love that verse. Uh, Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But thankfully, in the next breath, he said, but I have comes that you may have life and have it to the full. And obviously, uh, suicide is, is destroy. And yet, we know that we don't have to go there. But um, you experience it. You have a success story. We know other people that haven't had that kind of story. Tell me why you decided to write that book, uh, Valley of the Shadow. We decided to write the book uh, because when we went through our situation, now my husband and I have both been in ministry for a long time. I've also been a teacher. But uh, when we went through this particular trauma, um, when our daughter attempted suicide, uh, we were blindsided. That was the first thing. And the second thing was that the church really, really did not help us out. Now, I don't think that our home church really was trying to hurt us, but I think the problem was that they were scared and they were ignorant and they didn't know how to cope with uh, suicidality, with mental illness, with depression. And this had never happened in their congregation before. So uh, we decided to break the ice. Um, we wanted to write this book so that people would hear a personal testimony of what it's like to go through the valley of the shadow of death. And uh, the important part is that we go through the valley of the shadow of death. Um, when we face Uh, These kinds of problems, Psalms 23 says two things. It says, first of all, that God is with us. Um, And the second thing it says is that he brings us through. And we believe as Christians that coming through the valley of the shadow of death can mean that God pulls us through a situation. So we go on living and experiencing and sharing that abundant life in Jesus. And sometimes when we come through that valley of the shadow of death, it's when we come to death. And death for us as believers is a doorway into eternal paradise. So we wanted to encourage people to uh, start the conversation. 
talk about uh, suicidality and save lives so we can save souls. Because the Bible is very clear that we have an opportunity this side of eternity to receive Jesus, to be saved, to come into his presence, and to know that we will be eternally with him. But once uh, that we have passed through the doorway of death, the opportunity is gone. Well, I love that you all are willing to talk about it. Uh, this happened in 2014. Your precious daughter, Erin, she was with us three years ago uh, remotely. Uh, we did the interview together, and it was just powerful. We had a lot of great feedback on those programs, but I'm sure a lot of listeners uh, uh, may have either missed it or, you know, say, hey, uh, refresh me about what happened. Uh, you know, it's one of those things sometimes when parents deal with suicide with uh, attempt with their child it's depression a boyfriend breakup uh you know maybe just uh, isolated not friends at school and all but your all's experience was not like that was it in 2014 when you walked through that with your precious daughter Erin um no actually one of the reasons we were blindsided is because Erin was the perfect teenager um she was not into drugs she was a leader in her youth group uh, she actually led a Bible study every day at her public high school. Uh, she was involved in a lot of different activities when she was in high school, choir, tennis, um, dramatic presentations, and so uh, she had a lot of friends. So she was not the type of young lady you would look at and say that she was at risk for suicide. Uh, but there was in her heart this dark night of the soul that we really didn't know about. And um, as you say, there are triggers. Um, there are things that these kids uh, experience. And when I, I, I say kids, but there are a lot of other people who contemplate and uh, attempt or complete suicide. The thing is that it's usually an impulsive act, but it's an act they've thought about before. And um, what we see so often in this um, is that they have thought about it they have thought about how they're going to do it, and uh, they've gathered up the means to be able to do it. Um, so Erin's uh, act was impulsive. Uh, she took uh, 100 over-the-counter medications in one night, and uh, we almost lost her. Uh, we went through a very, very dark vigil, and um, miraculously, she had no damage to her body, and she survived, and she's doing great today. And that is our story. But I understand that there are a lot of people, and I've counseled a lot of people and done funerals for people whose children uh, either completed suicide or an adult. Um, I've done funerals for adult males and uh, brothers and uh, sisters and daughters and fathers. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's not biased. It affects all ages, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately and you know you had this experience in 2014 of course because of covid uh, the pandemic and all the isolation the suicide rate has increased greatly since then and that's why we're talking about it again um, because obviously that's the foundation for hope is here five years ago in december and uh, we actually featured aaron and uh, elizabeth in their book Val valley of the shadow in our two-year anniversary newsletter because uh, we know it's a topic that needs to be discussed and i want to encourage you if you're listening today hey reach out to elizabeth uh, she has got a wonderful ministry that i know would really really bless you You've got a great website it's wvlivingstone.com it's wvlivingstone.com uh, elizabeth 
has a degree of master's in uh, a master's degree in divinity she's also been a uh, hospital chaplain um, she's done a lot of pastoral care uh, hospice hospice chaplaincy so reach out to her i know uh, we have people all over central kentucky and then internationally with uh, our podcast that people listen to it i think one of the things is i thought back about your all's experience and things is that you know you shared your story and yet kind of the ironic part about it was i mean if my memory serves me correctly everyone's getting ready to leave to go to like a youth summer camp or something is that right mm-hmm. yeah the morning um that i found her and i found her um she had been scheduled to go to a big youth retreat for our denomination that only happens once every three years. And um, the first thing she said when um, she came back to us was, um, have I missed the retreat? So after she said, I'm so sorry, Mommy. Uh, But um, it's we think that these kids are stable and that everything's going fine. And I will tell you that my kids would tell you I'm an intrusive parent. <laughs> I am a very involved parent. I mean, my kids, I had to know where they were and who they were with and uh, what they were doing at all times and a phone number where I could reach them because this was in the days before cell phones were super common. So um my kids, you know, I told them I loved them every day. I, you know, we had family meals. We did all the things that you would say from what all the psychologists say and all the Christian gurus tell us that this is what you have to do to be a good parent. And um, we were, again, we were blindsided. And I think two things from that. First of all, that sometimes our kids make devastating choices that have nothing to do with how they've been raised or something like, you know, they they make this impulsive choice. And um, the, the other thing is that we can't wallow in that. We can't blame ourselves. We can't um, exist in the place of shame and guilt because that's another thing the enemy wants us to do. So something terrible like this happens and he wants to shame us. He wants to put us so deeply in guilt that we are paralyzed and we can't move to healing. We can't move to recovery. We can't move to doing uh, the calling that God has put on every single one of us, whatever that might be. So uh, my, uh, my feeling is that this experience has helped us to understand that Jesus can heal anything. And as I've talked to other people, people who are dealing with other issues other than suicide, the trauma effect is exactly the same. And again, the enemy just wants to use whatever's in our past to twist us and break us and pull us to pieces so that we are not effective for the kingdom of God. And uh, the thing that we have to realize is that everybody has this kind of a story. If it's not suicide, it's something else. Everybody has something that's going on in their lives that they're struggling with. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All need the grace of God. And he's calling us to do things for the praise of his glory. Amen and amen. Uh, you know, one of the things that you were sharing there, uh, I know there's somebody listening that as a parent, they're just struggling. And uh, the thing I think is so powerful about your story is, you know, 
it seemed to be a really healthy relationship with your daughter, a healthy home environment, especially a spiritual environment. And yet uh, sometimes parents do the best they can, but yet kids make decisions. What would you say to that parent out there that's just struggling with saying, you know, I'm just not doing a good enough job or wish I'd have done this differently? What would you say to them? Well, I would refer them to Jeremiah 31, 15, and 16. And I'm not sure I can quote it exactly, but it is God is telling the people of Israel not to weep over their children and to tell and he tells them there is a reward for your work your children will all come back from the land of the enemy and that is something that a promise that I have clung to in all of this um, you know we didn't heal overnight um, this was a long recovery and uh, the blessing of Jeremiah 31 15 and 16 tells us that God is going to gather our children to his heart. And that is something that he's going to, and there's going to be a reward for our work, even if our work, uh, it wasn't perfect. The other thing I would say is that we are not perfect parents. Um, you can do the very best job and, and like I said, do everything according to all the great Christian literature out there and still have a trauma happen in your household. And the thing is that um, we're not perfect parents. But God is. And sometimes we just have to release our little children into God's hands and say, Lord, this one belongs to you. Take care of it. Amen and amen. We've been talking with Elizabeth Stone. She is a pastor. She is an author. Uh, she leads workshops. Uh, and she's got one coming up in December uh, that I think you really want to get registered and be a part of. Uh, it's going to be seven things to do to fight suicide. And so we'll be providing more information about that in her uh, in our program tomorrow i uh, also encourage you to pick up a copy of this wonderful book that her daughter erin and her wrote uh, called valley of the shadow and uh, you can go to their website wvlivingstone.com that's wvlivingstone.com and get a copy of that if you're driving we'll have that with the podcast of this program just go to our website hopeisheretoday.org that's hopeisheretoday.org for Elizabeth Stone, I'm Greg Horn. We'll see you tomorrow on Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope Is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today where you can make a safe and and secure online donation, or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today.